This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this episode of Inside Supercars, we get the thoughts of the man who spent the most time in pit lane. Everything is evolving. Every time we go to the track, things are, are different, or they've, they've found a little bit of a different way. But because the cars are so different to what we've had before, and such a massive change in literally bumper to bumper 2023 and gen 3 and a whole bunch more and it's coming up now welcome to inside supercars tony whitlock and craig Ravel, and we're joined by a man who's been there from the start virtually kevin fitzsimmons it's wonderful to have you back the dunlop uh, national motorsport manager um kevin uh is always an interesting time at this uh, point post Bathurst, but possibly more interesting than most because of the things that the event brought out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a different one. We sort of went there uh, a little bit blind as to what was uh, what the the outcome was going to be as far as uh, tire performance went. Um, but um, to come away from there after supplying 1,800 slicks and 24 wets to, uh, with zero issues, um, I was very, very happy. Uh, that place can throw so many curveballs at you, whether it be weather or the actual load of the circuit. Um, you know, the marbles that we ended up with around the track, I did expect was, was going to be an issue. Uh, but uh, in general, the actual performance of the tyre itself, I was very happy. One of the things that Bathurst again showed up, something that I think is uh, – is really very evident that the high standard of our drivers um, that, you know, in, for instance, in the shootout, in qualifying, there were very few mistakes. And particularly as you bring up the subject of the debris on the track, the uh, the small marbles that are left behind from the uh, soft tyres, um, there were very few incidents where, you know, people getting offline and, and behaving badly. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, credit to, to all of them, the co-drivers, especially with limited miles, whether that comes down to the fact that this year we had the Sandown 500 back and it gave them though that extra seat time, which is just so precious. It's all well and good to be doing it at ride days and things like that. But uh, uh, there's no no substitute for miles in the car. And uh, I think uh, the, the the general performance of everybody was was exceptional. You know, as you say, there's very, very few incidents. Um, and, the, the you know, the guys that put in that had the had to do the repairs on on Friday night on, on Declan's car and stuff like that. The, the crew got it together and the thing looked absolutely mint on Saturday morning. So it's just a, a credit to everybody involved. You know, all the crews they uh, they all do a uh, do an amazing job over um, such a high pressure event and everything. But uh, certainly, driver performance was exceptional this weekend. And Kevin, congratulations to your team at Dunlop. You mentioned how many tyres you put on, but the uh, the work that you guys have done at Bathurst for the National Breast Cancer Foundation, donating $60 for every pit stop, 191 pit stops you ended up uh, giving to the foundation, $11,460. So uh, that's a fantastic effort by Dunlop Tyres Australia and New Zealand. 
Yeah, it's just something that came up a few years back, and uh, it's it's really gained a fair bit of momentum now. It's the, the donations only a small part of the the program. The actual the, the pink hats and the, the the merch that we have there, and the, the, like as far as for the the cruise to wear and everything else like that is. Um, exceeded my expectations. I, I wasn't sure of sure how it would actually pan out, but as soon as we get there, we get absolutely pounced on. And have you got any pink hats? Got any pink hats? You know, it's uh, they've been unbelievably popular. We don't actually sell them to the public, and it's just more so for the Toyota eighty six crews and the Super two, Super three teams, and some of the, uh, the the main series guys come over and ask them, and proudly wore them on the weekend, and that. So it's it's uh, gained a massive amount of momentum, and it's just. Uh, a, a token thing that we're certainly proud to be involved with, and it's uh, something that we hope that our small donation uh, can, can go into the research, which is super important. You know. Yes, indeed. And over the past four years, forty-two thousand dollars has been the comp- uh, contribution, and I imagine you, uh, you, and and the company would be looking to continue that association on. Will the tyres stay pink? for any of the uh, races? Will you stay pink for the rest of the season or it's back to Dunlop yellow? Uh, back to white for Gold Coast and Adelaide for the main series and yellow for the for the Dunlop series. The Bathurst is a, is a one-off. Uh, it's actually something that's now... The, uh, the the guys at the factory in Japan are putting it on some of their tyres and they've done the same thing. So it, it's uh, it's something we kicked off. Um, South Africa are actually looking at it as well uh, to do the similar sort of thing for donation to research. So uh, it's it's a, a, a one-off thing that's actually now gaining momentum around the place and, uh, yeah, feel proud to be part of it. So, But for now, we're uh, we're back to the, the standard uh, white, yellow and blue uh, colours for the, for the compounds and whichever tyre we end up running at Bathurst next year, we'll have the pink sidewall. Well, there has been a lot of commentary about the soft tyres at Bathurst and I, I've seen all gamuts of conversations. Now... When supercars come to you and say, we want this tyre, we want that tyre, what do you think about this track? And obviously going to New Zealand to Taupo for the first time, you, you'd be doing your research on what's the best tyre for that and, and liaising, but ultimately you get told what to do. Yeah, that's exactly right. They, um, we, we sort of have, have conversations leading up to when the calendar comes out, which we're, we're currently having at the moment. And uh, we've got a bit of a breakdown by event of, you know, event one, two, three, four, five sort of thing as to what tyres we're going to run where. So you can sort of piece the calendar together a bit from there and, and go from there. But yeah, when the initial discussion was had to run the soft tyre at Bathurst, I sort of raised my eyebrows a little bit and sort of thought about it. I thought, okay, um, it's the same construction as the hard. The cars are going to be lighter. Uh, they, they won't have the... The, uh, the the downforce at at uh, the, the grate, for example, that the speed of the car isn't there. That's still going to have significant vertical downforce on the on the tire, which it did have, but not as much as we've seen with the Gen Two cars. Uh, so it was it was one of those things where initially it was a bit bit of a surprise, but. Uh, I was reasonably confident after we ran at the uh, the Formula One Grand Prix and used the hard tyre there and how much trouble the guys had switching it on, that it was the right decision for Bathurst from that point of view. And, you know, for the warm-up Sunday morning when it's quite cool, um, it was it was around four degrees thereabouts on, uh, on Sunday morning sort of thing. So the track temperature was actually very, very cold. Uh, the soft tyres certainly helped. Uh, the fact that we didn't have any issues in the warm-up or anything else like that when it was so cold. Most of the other sessions are later in the day when it's a bit warmer, but um, certainly the the Gen 3 car would uh, would struggle a little bit as far as getting the tyre to actually get to its working temperature in, um, in the cold conditions and everything. So 
you know, it's it's something that we can discuss for next year. And everybody sort of was making mention of the um, of the uh, the debris around the track, which prior to the event, I sort of warned guys and said, just be really careful of it. I was concerned uh, at the grate at the top of the mountain whether it was going to be there, and it's the same conversation we've had previous years in the Gen Two era of the. Um, running the soft tyre at Adelaide, for example, and my concern was always the marbles at turn eight because it hits the wall and bounces straight back onto the racing line. It's got nowhere else to go, and that was a, a major concern. And plus, usually it's whichever end of the year you are, whether it be um, uh, February, March, or now in November in Adelaide, and that it can be very, very hot. So we've got to keep that in, in mind as well back in those days. But now the soft tyre is energised very differently to the how the Gen 2 cars used to do it. It's... Uh, uh, it's performing in a strange way, I guess you'd say. Townsville was a was a real uh, eye opener for me because previously Gen Two era, you'd run the tread depths down to about uh, you know one point five, one point seven millimeters in the in the tread depth hole, and the tire would be quite slippery. Now we're running them down to multiple zeros um, to the to the stage where there's there's no rubber left on them at all, but they're still punching out respectable lap times, and um, it's just reacts differently the, the way the, the 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 car works the tires so that's that's uh, pleasing to know and it's um the main reason why we sort of knew the compounds would transition back from what was the hard tire on the the gen 2 will now make that you know the gen 3 is is the the soft is is the harder of the the compounds we've got it's uh uh, in production already for next year, so we're we're staying with that tire. It's um, we're sort of still learning. Everybody's still learning the cars. The cars are changing with aero and and, and steering and and um, alignment settings and things like that constantly. So we've uh, already been in production for since September for next year, and uh, at the moment we'll just we'll just keep going. So I have got a bit of an idea. I'm going to uh, throw by supercars with something that. Uh, we may be able to, uh, to to quickly test and then put into implementation moving forward uh, if the factory are able to accommodate that. So it's just evolving all the time. The cars are evolving, the teams are learning, the drivers are learning how to drive them. Uh, it's just all those type of things. And as I say, the, the cars energise the tyre in a different way and uh, we're, we're getting reams of new information off a tyre that we've had for several years, which just is, uh, as I said, a bit of an eye-opener. I'm interested in the trade-off, lap time over raceability. Everyone gets excited about a, a new Bathurst lap record, but that doesn't necessarily transfer into a configuration that might make for, you know, a good racing tyre over the length of a, a stint. Could it be feasible and I know the logistics are not simple, but could it be feasible that you had a Bathurst qualifying tyre so they can get that snappy number and then you have the race tyre, which might not have the degradation properties, but more importantly, might not have the marbling effect? Yeah, look, that's that's something that we can certainly discuss. If they sat back and said, right, we want to have... Um, eight sets for the race or nine sets for the race. You go, right, oh, 36 tyres for the race and maybe give them uh, another amount of uh, tyres for for practice and or qualifying or do we say, right, oh, the shootout's going to be on super soft and have all three compounds there. I mean, it's 
it's just something if we've got enough time to plan it then it's something that can be implemented and everything. It's not easy because of the sheer volume of, of tyres that we do. Super 2, Super 3 are, are very easy because it's just a one compound, put them on and send it sort of thing. But it's something that can certainly be discussed. Uh, there's lots of uh, trains of thought out there at the moment as to uh, was the soft tyre the right option for, for Bathurst this year? Um, yes, it switched on quickly. Yes, it performed without any issues and stuff like that. Uh, in the positive sort of column but in the negative column was the, the the marbles and the amount of debris that was around around the track so it's that makes it very very difficult um with a such a long run with no safety car towards the end of the race and everything it's hard to tell what would have happened um in in the the, the side of things had it had it got very very close with with guys chasing each other but the thing that people um, when I reminded a few of them about where the marbles were across the top of the mountain and everything is not where people pass. So, you know, maybe going down into Forest Elbow and things like that and everything, they could have a bit of a dip, but most of it's sort of the, the chase, the final corner, turn one or into turn two sort of thing. But the marbles were sort of uh, concentrated pretty heavily from the cutting um, to the to the S's just before Forest Elbow. So um, that track traditionally in that particular sector is really one lane anyway. Uh, but the worst thing is if you get the pickup on your tyre and you can't get it off and you get vibration issues and things. So it has other negative effects in other areas. So there's there's lots to discuss. Um, sort of, I'm not in the in the frame of mind that we need to knee-jerk reaction and, and, and jump onto it straight away and, and everything that needs to be discussed at length and, uh, and really thought through for what everybody thinks is the best. And maybe if it is two, two compounds uh, for, throughout the weekend or something, or so be it. And uh, uh, as I said, if we've got time, we, we can react to that, no problems. Mm. I know a couple of engineers and they'd want a special practice session where they can tune the car for the special tyre because that's what they do. They would uh, complain about slapping it onto the same setup. But uh, interestingly, you're a student of world motorsport as much as you are uh, of supercars and, and Australian motorsport. And we do see on ovals and on, on smaller tracks than six kilometres that they do get out there and they might get the scrubbers out and the uh, sweepers out and clear the track. That's not practical in a safety car. Uh, yep. situation at Bathurst but as you said there are known points where possibly a safety car you could just clean up those passing zones if you like if if the series and if the organizers geared up to have the equipment there doesn't help when you go green for 100 laps but you're if you're there ready to go then it, it, it these things are possible yeah, that's exactly right. Competition cautions. <laughs> um, NASCAR hate them, but uh, they're, they're, they serve a purpose and everybody knows that, that's, that they're there for a reason. Uh, the possibility of cleaning the rubber up up at Bathurst was discussed with the Motorsport Australia officials and Craig Baird, uh, and we were prepared to do things. Had the you know, no <laughs> green, green flag running for 100 laps, as you say, it doesn't help. Um, so, yeah, the, the discussion had been had. They've got um, some really, really uh, good mats that drag around behind four-wheel drives. Uh, they've got street sweepers available. You've got jet blowers. You've got all sorts of things that can uh, run around. But the, the mats they drag behind the utes, and they do an amazing job of picking stuff up. And supercars have actually already got um, half a dozen of those. And um, 
you know, it may be something that we could sort of look at to have them at the right part of the track near the cutting there, onto the track, sweep it down towards Forest Elbow and away we go again sort of thing while the safety car's at the other end of the circuit and other than the spectators there, you wouldn't even know it had been done. So um, that's, um, it is it is a possibility. It is realistic. Um, competition cautions I'm not a fan of, of just throwing the safety car out purely and simply to clean the rubber up. Uh, but, um, yeah, the... the you know, how long has it been since we've run Bathurst with uh, that length of time with uh, no no, uh, no safety car? It was uh, just one of those things, you know. It's obviously been a very different season, um, not only the teams, but also obviously yourself and the organisation of Dunlop coming to grips with Gen 3. It's been very different. I mean, there's obviously been plenty of pressure points on that season, whether it be Shane and not liking the car and talking about it or the, the gear tower, gear shift towers and various other components. There's been so many changes within the way in which the organisation is run. Is, is it far too much pressure? I mean, we're seeing there's going to be enormous change next year because, you know, Tickford going back to two cars, I mean, there'll only be one four-car team there. So the series is still evolving enormously. And is that healthy, you think, uh, Kevin? Oh, look, the sport is healthy at the moment. There's no doubt about that as far as the the, the competition is really, really good, um, especially like with, with Erebus stepping up. They've adapted to the new car this year and done an exceptional job. Triple Eight were always going to be there. Um, uh, DJR were probably the surprise, the way that sort of they struggled at the start of the season. Um you know, it's just one of those things. But every, everything is evolving. Every time we go to the track, things are, are different or they've they've found a little bit of a different way. But because the cars are so different to what we've had before and such a massive change in literally bumper to bumper with basically the, the transaxle being realistically the, the only thing that's changed over from the old cars. You know, we're, we're learning about the new heat retention of, of, of wheels and um, the way that they, they react with the brakes. And we've had wheel nut issues and we haven't had them forever and that i mean it is a very very different car and with very limited testing it's it's difficult and so sometimes uh issues crop up in in the public eye and it's just one of those things that this it it, it looks bad but we're learning we're as i say we're, we're all learning all the time and it's it's um you know i'm still 100% a fan of Gen 3. It, it, it's, a, it's a great platform. The cars look good, sound good and everything. When we get these teething problems out of the way, um, you know, it, it's it's the potentials there to to really make people sit up and take notice. And um, it's it's the, the technical panel are constantly on the phone, on Teams meetings and things like that, discussing things. And the cooperation between the teams this year with different teams making different components and helping other teams out and doing things like that. It's just been exceptional. The the things going on in the background that very few people see, but the cooperation between teams um, has been the best I've seen. I've been around a while, so um, it's, it's, you know, we, we're learning. I think everybody's looking forward to um, decompressing over the Christmas break and hopefully we all get a Christmas break this year and everything because the teams certainly didn't get one last year and everyone's very, very tired and, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, the, the, the future's looking pretty good for next year, I think. And, you know, Shane, Shane was just struggled to adapt initially and everything else like that and, and was, was vocal about it and, and quite rightly so and being the reigning champion and things like that. But at the end of the day, uh, everybody's got a, the, the most paratised race car that they've ever had and 
it's just that the teams themselves have got to adapt to the fact that they can't keep developing the way they were um, with making new parts and things like that because everything's so controlled. So it's just made everybody reset, rethink and um, and and learn on the run. And uh, it's just something that we're adapting to race by race. And of course, one of the things that uh, became so evident early on in the uh, life of Gen 3 was the way in which the car reacted um, to changes in camber and caster, the, the changes in the front and the rear of the car. Um, have you been involved in that process, the way in which, you know, I mean, camber has obviously always been something that's involved in these cars, but it seems to be far more critical now than it, it ever was. Yeah, they... Um... We're running some wheel alignment figures in Gen 2 era that were just absolutely mind-blowing for the technical people out there when you hear things like we're running sort of 8 degrees negative camber and 25, 26 degrees of caster. Uh, that's why they can't steer them when the power steering fails. <laughs> um, Gen 3, we're back now to um, the camber's still up there. So there's, there's several guys are still quite high in camber. But the caster, with everything screwed up as much as they can, they can only get to about 17 degrees. So that's that's helped. Once again, it, it, it makes the tyre react differently. And people sort of, I need to remind them every now and then that we do have a compromise tyre. It's it's a steer tyre and a drive tyre that the um it's still quite a small tire for the weight and the horsepower of the car it, it could be a lot bigger and everything but it's it's one of those things that um that it's unique to our series out here and the way um the, the cars are literally driven at the curb they don't sort of just glance them or anything they literally drive square on at the thing um and so the the, the tire side of things got to be very different and the suspension set up in the car itself has got to be so robust they're, they're almost like a truck because they're um they've got to be so strong to be able to put up with the punishment that the drives put them through and you know people have said that if we you know maybe we should go towards a gt type tire and stuff like that and i can honestly tell you now that that if you drove these cars on a gt type tire and that would there be tire failures everywhere in that because the the shock burst would be um from from smashing the curbs would be extreme they just wouldn't they wouldn't actually cop it so the the case we've got is extremely soft uh the cars to a certain extent early on in the piece were the front tires were getting quite hot if you're following another car and it was where it made it difficult to pass and and pass them under brakes and things and that uh, made things a little bit difficult but that's what happens when you have a, a compromise because if we we, uh, went down the path of tightening the case up on the the front of the car to make it a better steer tire and a better braking tire it would suffer massively as a drive tire and um so it just gets to the stage where you sit back and say right oh guys what do you want do you want better steering better brakes or do you want less drive or do you want to sit with what we've got so at the moment we're working with what we've got because it works and it's it's very difficult when you have one construction tire and realistically two tires with the the super soft and the and the uh, the soft tire and everything that have to do 12 different race tracks 12 different race surfaces um things you know from from going from Tasmania on the Sunday morning where with the super soft tire where it was uh 4 degrees ambient temperature and uh, the track was 1 degree and we go to Darwin 3 weeks later and it was 38 degrees and the track was 55 and it's the same tire the working window of the tyre is enormous. And uh, if you go down the path of synthetic rubbers and um, specific circuit-built tyres and things like that, it gets very, very expensive and um, it narrows your working window enormously. And that's the benefit of what we've got, uh, the fact that we can actually run a tyre 
throughout the season at so many different varying tracks from huge loads at Bathurst and everything to freezing cold temperatures in Tassie to the heat of Darwin to the sand and low grip surfaces in Perth and and uh, and, and Sydney Motorsport Park. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know. I, I cop a bit of criticism every now and then, but when you start reminding a few people, they just sort of go, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so um, it's just one of those things. You just uh, uh, grow a thick skin and um, stand your ground. And when they finish their, their chat, you sort of just remind them a few of those little home truths and uh, they, they come back and uh, eventually understand what you're trying to say. But um, that's where the problem lies with trying to change the tyre because you've got to be careful what you wish for because you may – uh, affect other areas, you know, at different circuits. So uh, it's all a work in progress and all learning. Now, for the listener who's probably all over this, so really for my benefit, you mentioned there that you could tighten up the case to make it a better steer and brake tyre. Can you can you give me a bit of a 101 on what you're actually talking about there? It's the tension that the belts and the overlay are wound at. So it actually just makes the tyre a stiffer tyre. So the tyre we've got now is very, very pliable, um, quite soft when you feel the sidewall and, and everything like that. You can tighten all that up, all the the, uh, the materials in it. Um, you can use different materials, whether it be rayon, whether you go to Kevlar, which gives it strength, but it loses flexibility. Um, as I say, the, the way our drivers in supercar uh, Gen 2, Gen 3, from from ever from day one since we changed to the V8 formula, they literally drive the cars at the curb. You'll see it at the Gold Coast. They um, you don't try and, uh, and and gently glance them and everything. They just fire the thing straight in there. So it's got to be able to cop massive hits vertically um, and just what they what the the factory calls shock burst when the tires overstretched and the materials in the tires can't stretch anymore and they they break and that's where you end up with failures. So uh, the it's. It's just all to do with the tension things around that sort of thing. So they can they can back it off or they can increase it to make the tyre stiffer. But as I say, if you go too stiff in the case, it's not so good as a drive tyre. You want the case to wind up a bit like a drag slick or a speedway tyre and um, just to give you the momentum forward sort of thing. But it just makes them wobble around a bit. But uh, it, it, it does its job and that's that's the, the, the critical thing is um, – you know, what, what could fix one issue could create a massive issue at the other end if all of a sudden we start losing drive, especially when we've got cars already wearing rear tyres. So um, that's when you start having to maybe change case and compound. So which it's uh, it's not a cheap exercise to go testing, especially do development. So um, it's just something that we need absolute crystal clear direction as to what the, um, the technical panel would like the outcome to be. And then we try and get as close to that as we possibly can. Over the years, have you played around with those sidewall configurations and and had some of those tyres to give a try to? Yep. Uh, you may remember 2017, uh, we we tried a, a tyre that was a different shape and had a uh, our sidewall is quite uh, curved the way from the tread. The tread, the actual tyre itself, sidewall to sidewall is 305 millimetres. The tread is only 280 so it's actually quite curved from where the bead area is sitting on the rim to where the tread is and everything. And that's to give it the pliable sidewall so that it'll cop the hits and the things done. In 2017, we went to a 290 tyre, uh, only 10 mil wider, but it straightened the sidewall up. And we had a lot of uh, issues between the belt edge and where the sidewall of the tyre meets and the tyres were splitting. Once again, it came down to the fact that the team's 
don't do a lot of testing um, as far as three days a year and everything. And the first day was at Sydney Motorsport Park and everyone sat on the, well, not everyone, but most teams sat on the new tyres because they wanted to save them for during the season as practice tyres for a race meeting. And um, unfortunately, a lot of them were trying to find the limit of the tyre on the racetrack. So we uh, we had some several failures. Uh, Phillip Island was a was a was a bad one. It was amongst teams. There was you know several teams where both cars, uh, or in the, the case of the Nissans, then all four cars had issues. Uh, but the the general consensus came back to uh, camber, too much camber on the on the rear. But they were they were really really up there in the rear cambers and everything else like that and with a bit of body roll and a bit of bump steer with the, the, the suspension goes up and everything that it was just overloading the inside shoulder a bit and uh, the things were failing so in that year we went back to the 2016 spec for Bathurst on safety grounds and didn't have any issues so it's uh, that type of thing and then the decision was made from there to return to the old construction the the 2017 tire was a, a really good tire it was a a fast consistent tire it was tested at cowspan in the usa and they were extremely impressed with the, the numbers that came back with but the only problem was its working window was very narrow and in our series we need to have a big working window just purely and simply because we do the same tire 12 tracks 12 different temperature ranges surfaces all those type of things. So it's it's just a matter of um, yeah, keeping everybody happy and going back to what you know and what you the critical thing, what you know is safe. As we wind down with just two events to go, uh, Kevin, um, it's always a hot topic from one year to the next. Is the uh, the following year's calendar? Um, there have been some uh, amazing sort of uh, stories coming out, um, reinstigating the idea of a a Bathurst. Uh, uh, weekend to start the year, um, you know, the question about whether Newcastle will go or not, which I think depends on New South Wales government money. But, um, and obviously next year is going to be different again because Tarpo's included at, uh, or coming back New Zealand. Um, have you got thoughts on uh, how you think this, the year should pan out? Uh, well, I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat as everybody at the, at the moment is just waiting uh, for the actual official um, word on where we're going when so um, as I mentioned previously we've been in production since September so this is the quiet time at the factory sort of September October November December era and everything so all I've done is um, set supercars back uh, when we're at Sandown okay are you happy with the compounds right yes tick the box we're going to go with those again uh, and then so I've just made uh, two or three race meetings of 32 soft tyres, a 28 soft tyre, so 24 cars sort of thing. You know, we need uh, the, the 672 tyres, so you just do that. And so when the calendar comes out, I can say, right, those tyres are event one, those tyres are event two, this is going to be event three. And so you just sort of piece it together for there. So the factory makes me up to 2,000 tyres a month. I try as much as humanly possible to get the tyres made in race meeting blocks. So you do two events, two events, two events, and then um, you just uh, have them here. So as close as humanly possible, because it is a natural rubber tyre, the tyres um, are very, very close together in their build time. And um, everybody gets supplied the same tyre at the race meeting out of the same build. So September, for example, would uh, cover off their test tyres at the start of the season and the first event of soft tyres at 32 tyres. So whether that's event one, whether it be Bathurst, Newcastle or wherever we're going, um, that'll be it. And their test tyres will come out of that as well. And then the next one, uh, the next month's production will be super soft and that will cover um, 
So, you know, the first event or the second event of uh, of Supersoft, which we know traditionally they're 28-tyre events. Uh, so we do that with their test tyres as well. And then my November production uh, becomes the next super, the next soft event and so forth and then go from there. And in January, they'll do another run of, of hard tyres for Super 2, Super 3. So I normally have uh, everything here, you know, three to four months in advance of the of the race meetings. And, um, yeah, as I said, everybody gets a tyre at the racetrack that's the same production run as what everybody else has got. So it just stops any uh, complaining and moaning that somebody's got something different to somebody else, you know. So it's as close as humanly possible. They're uh, they're all the same. And lap times show that <laughs> more often than not. So they're pretty close to what they are. It's pretty amazing whether they're the only thing that connects you to the ground, that we can get them that close. So kudos to the factory. Um, just looking at one uh, new element for next year, that being Tarpo, or Topor, as it's called. Um, uh, I went there a couple of times in A1GP times. Have you been to the track? No, I haven't. Um, I've had a chat with Greg Murphy and uh, the, the powers to be and uh, Richard that does my job over in New Zealand and we're going to run the soft tyre there and uh, being the, the hardest option that we've got. It's a little bit like Sydney Motorsport Park in the in the way of it's a bit of a patchwork quilt as far as surface changes go uh, throughout the lap. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll, we'll run with the soft tyre there and they'll have plenty of tyres for the practice sessions and um, and for the race to uh, to cover whatever eventuates sort of thing. So uh, um, it's should be good looking forward to that one getting back over there because the uh, the fan base is, is uh, very very good in New Zealand and they uh, they love uh, love their V8s and uh, and being involved so uh, it'll be something to look forward to indeed um just one last thing maybe we could uh, talk about um and I was talking to a couple of uh, engineers this morning about it and that being the reintroduction of the Enduro Cup, that being the third round, the Gold Coast round, it seems to be sadly lacking that that's not part of the series now because, you know, most people enjoyed that element to it, the, the two-driver event on the streets of Gold Coast. Um, you would be of a similar mind? Yeah, it was. And, like, you know, even even the, the when we did it with the international drivers and everything, that was, uh, um, that was really, really cool to have um, so many other people involved in our series and everything so that was good and everything but yeah if, if the enduro cup would was able to come back and they could do the, the three events there and um that that would be fantastic you know but um i know there's there's other ways and means and and uh, reasons that they uh, they uh, they aren't able to do it but um it's something i believe is, is, is being discussed and uh let's let's hope that that one comes back because it was uh, it was a great initiative and and um it just it just helps, you know. I know, I know uh, the pressure that's on co-drivers is uh, is astronomical, especially getting that late in the season. Um, but um, yeah, I'm all for it. If we if we went back to that uh, that scenario, that'd be great. Mm. Well, whilst we're talking about Gold Coast, Dunlop has got a promotion on at the moment where they can win some tickets to the Gold Coast through the uh, well. I know through the Dunlop Facebook page, and Kevin, I imagine you can get there via the Dunlop uh, website as well. Yes, yeah, the Dunlop, uh, Dunlop Tires Australia, New Zealand. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, looking forward to that one. Gold Coast is a fantastic event. The weather's always good, and it's uh, time to catch your breath and catch up with everyone after Bathurst because after Bathurst, everyone just sort of packs up and uh, arrows out of there pretty quick. So, um, yeah, it'll be good to sort of catch up with a few people up there and, uh, and uh, you know, just have, discuss what uh, we need to discuss about uh, what we do next year. Mm, and, of course, uh, two double passes 
for all three days at the Gold Coast for the lucky winners. The entry is through the Dunlop Tyres website. I finally found it. So uh, that's a great opportunity for race fans who want to come along to uh, have a weekend at the Gold Coast. And I, I know that... Well, it might not be a two-driver race, but it is going to be a, another challenging one. And they're not asking you this year to uh, supply a few tyres to put on the inside of the chicanes, I believe. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be a challenge. Um, these cars airing across those chicanes along the beachfronts uh, going to be very, very interesting. It's um, yeah, there's going to be a fair bit of thought put into the way they. Uh, they approach this event, I think. So, um, especially for the two guys that are fighting the championship, you know, who uh, so closely, and um, you know whether um, they have a different mindset and everything. But um, you know, Shane's a racer, and so is Brody, and uh, they want to go fast. So, uh, good old Ricky Bobby. So, um, yeah, we uh, we uh, are in for an entertaining weekend, I believe. Any tips on how the tyres will perform in what could be very hot weather? Uh, yeah, they'll be, they'll be fine. Uh, the tyre itself, um, you know, we, we had reasonably warm conditions in, uh, in in Townsville where you've got closed-in walls and things like that. That was just the, the, the heat side of things. Luckily, you get the sea breeze blowing in there uh, um, over the thing and the, the back part of the circuit uh, where they turn back towards the Gold Coast highways uh, quite often shaded there So in the afternoon. So um, as long as the weather gods are kind to us and we don't have any rain, it should be a fantastic event. Has there been any concerns over the year so far on the tyre performance? Have you had to put in, you know, or change minimum tyres? Have you had to go back and through the technical panel say, hey, guys, reality check? No, not really. No, it's it's um, the, the compounds that they've used uh, every event we've, we've had so far have, have hit the nail on the head. I, I believe they've chose the right thing. Bathurst was, was the only unknown, I guess you'd say. Uh, everywhere else, we've we've run it on the Gen three car, a uh, Gen two car, sorry. So you'd you'd sit back and say, well, okay, the soft tyre at um, at uh, the Gold Coast and everything, we've we've run it there previous on the other cars and everything. So I'm not expecting much in the way of issues there at all. Even with the heat, uh, these cars, as I say, being a bit lighter, etc., and less aero on them, uh, won't load the tyre up as much there. The um, the Adelaide one marbles maybe at turn eight, but it's. Um, uh, the surface there is usually pretty good, and with no under tray on, uh, we, we, we should be pretty right there as well, you know. So, uh, uh, very, very different to the old cars. So, um, I'm not expecting too many dramas uh, moving forward from here. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but that's uh, um, what happens when you've been around too long, you know, things can bite you. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm reasonably confident uh, that, uh, that we're, we're going to have no issues moving forward, sort of thing, with the two tracks that we've got coming up. And thanks very much, Kevin, Kevin Fitzsimmons, for joining us again on Inside Supercars forward to catching up with you in Adelaide for another of the end of season Adelaide 500. Thanks Tony and yeah look forward to catching up soon. That's it from Craig Rebell and Tony Whitlock on Inside Supercars Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.